This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode is sponsored by Gooder. If you are looking for a great pair of sunglasses that are super cute and fun and don't slip around when you run, check out Gooder. My all-time favorites are the Breakfast Run to Tiffany shades. You probably see me wearing them all the time on my Instagram stories or wherever. I also love the Aviator style and they have really fun colors as well. Go stock up, go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another one five. That's another 15 for 15% off your order. All right, friends. Hey, today you're listening to episode 365 and my guest is Parker Stinson. Parker is a professional runner. He runs for Saucony. He is the American record holder in the 25K. He ran for the University of Oregon, where he was third in the 5,000 meters at back-to-back NCAA championships. He has a marathon PR of 210.53, a half marathon PR of 62.02, and he holds that American record in the 25K. Parker has had a pretty wild past couple years. He has battled some significant injuries and In this episode, we talk about that and we also talk about some mental health battles that he has been working through as well. And he gets really open and honest and vulnerable with us about that. And man, I am cheering for him as he makes his way back into racing. He did run the Boston Marathon last fall, didn't have the race he had hoped for, had to take some time off after. And he just ran the Gate River Run this past weekend, where he placed 16th at the US 15K Champs. And what he says, he said this on Instagram, not the best sounding results on paper, but I was really happy with how I raced the first 10K and put myself in an exciting position for as long as possible. At the end of the day, I simply ran out of fitness and struggled to get to the finish line after that. Training has been well lately, but I took three months off after the Boston Marathon, and that really showed today when the going got tough. So that was his first race in five months, and he's going to be looking forward to shooting for a new road 10K personal best next month at the Cooper River Bridge Run. So give him a follow, underscore Parker, underscore Stenson over on Instagram to see how his training is going. Oh, and I will say, he is also sponsored by Koros, and he is running with Roots Running Now. So exciting to see him join that team. Uh, We have an episode, we'll have an episode coming out with the coach over there, Richie Hansen, with Roots Running in the coming months as well. So uh, it'll be fun to get to know that team a little bit more. All right, friends, if you enjoy this podcast, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We are doing a monthly giveaway of Gooder sunglasses. Gooder sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And for all new ratings and reviews that come through in March, you will be entered to win a pair of Gooder shades. We just announced the winners from January and February on last week's episode. So if you missed the episode with Val Constein, go check it out and see if you were one of the winners. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Parker Stinson. Okay, well, we are talking with Parker Stinson for the podcast today. So we're here. Welcome. How you doing, Parker? I'm good. Yeah, it's about to uh, 
it's about to snow like nine inches here in Boulder. Um, so I got in like a kind of rushed workout yesterday. I was a little tired, but got in a rush workout before the snow. And then we'll work out on Saturday after the magic of Boulder happens where it melts all the nine inches of snow like in two days. So it's pretty awesome. It's pretty wild. What's the workout that you did? Um, it was just a fartlek. Um, I, I did a hard long run on Sunday and then had to come back on Tuesday with a fartlek workout. So I was pretty tired and not really looking to um, nothing flashy really. But Saturday we'll go to the track and do like a pretty, a pretty exciting workout. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. What is on your schedule right now? I got a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm trying to race a lot more. Uh, I just want to, I just haven't been enjoying the process and been enjoying the sport as much as I used to. And I've been running since I was like 10 and I've never really had this issue. Like I've always had a chip on my shoulder and like always wanting to prove things and always wanting to like, I was, I've always been really fired up and self-motivated and I've really struggled in the last like six to eight months to feel that way. And that was a new feeling for me. Um, and so I wanted to change my situation and my environment a little bit. Um, so I shook things up with like a new coach and new training and new teammates and all this kind of stuff. And it seems to have really helped. And part of that process is, um, I do want to race some more. So I'll do the U S 15 K champs, I think in like two weeks. Oh, is that Gate River? Yeah. Gate River run. And then I'm going to do Cooper river bridge run, um, 10 K, which will be really hard for me. Um, in fact, actually the first two races are going to probably be the hardest for me, 15 K and 10 K. Um, just like a little out of my wheelhouse these days, but I think it's really good. Anytime I do those races, when I go back to the longer ones, like a half marathon, a marathon, I just feel after challenging myself at those shorter stuff, I feel so good, um, at running, you know, right under five minute pace or whatever. So I'm going to do those and they'll be hard for me. And then I'm going to do Pittsburgh half. Okay. Um, after that, and I'm really excited for that one. Cause I think, like I said, those races can set me up really well. And then I'm going to do a marathon, but I'm, I'm not going to, um, share which we're one not yet, sharing so. yet. We're not, we have not yeah. made the big announcement, bum, bum, bum. the big announcement. Yeah. It's, it's really not that big a deal, <laughs> but I do want to like, just even like staying healthy and stuff. I want to stay like, wait till I get a little closer and, sure. and healthy and, before I make it like a big, a big deal. So, well, that's exciting. Yeah. I was reading up and saw that you were made that decision that you're going to train less and race more. And I think that that, I think that's really cool. I was just talking to you. I mentioned to you that I had just interviewed Lee Troop about that. And it's just like, um, making changes when changes are needed, right. Instead of like falling into those patterns and just keep doing the same thing. It's really important to reevaluate and, and do that. So that's exciting. Yeah. I've always, um, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been really honest with myself when it comes to like my running, um, and been really hard on myself and kind of like dot things back and looked at the whole picture. So even like at Oregon before, um, I was really underperforming and stuff like that. And so I dove into like seeing a sports psychologist, multiple sports psychologists. So I've never been afraid to change things up and just be like, Hey, yeah, like I'm not running. And like, just look myself in the mirror and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not running well. Um, and be okay with like answering the hard questions as to why, you know, and be like, yeah, I I am choking or I am doing this or whatever. Because to me, if you're honest with yourself on that, like you're going to, you're going to progress and you're going to improve. Um, and if you're not, it's like you say, it's kind of hard to, to, um, keep getting better. So, 
That's really hard too, because I know that you just poured like so much into Boston this past fall and you yeah. didn't get the outcome that you wanted. And so it's like, gosh, you pour so much into something and to say like that, that wasn't right. I mean, maybe it feels good to say that wasn't right because you don't want to do it again, but it's still hard because you dedicated so much to it. Yeah. I'm really grateful for Boston though. Um, I'm really grateful that I ran 221 and ran so poorly because um, I think if I had salvaged like a solid day, I would have kept doing what I was doing. Sure. I would have been like, yeah, I needed something drastic, very drastic to like shock me out of it. And I think I would have been like, oh, it was just like, wasn't my day. Mm -hmm. Like this training, this system is still working, even though I'm unhappy, like I should stick with it because I still ran solid. But to run so poorly and to be so unhappy with my the process each and every day, um, it was just such a wake up call. So it's weird to say, but I am grateful. I, if I didn't finish Boston, I would be really sad. But I'm grateful that I still finished and ran really bad because it forced me to ask really tough questions. Um, what was it? Like, what was it about the training that just really wasn't working? I know we're racing more now, but like there were other things. Yeah, um, I was running a bit more. But honestly, just like um, I love Dathan and I love the OAC and Dathan's done so much for me in my career. And But, you know, he's, his job is OAC and, and it's just like he just didn't have the time to, to support me in the ways that I needed. Um, and especially with marathon training, you really need a lot of support. Like, um, I mean, even just something as basic as basic as like practicing all that fueling you need to do on a long run is like really difficult. Um, so that was a big thing. Um, he also was really pushing me, which I think was smart, but he was really like, when I ran 210 in Chicago, I was doing really amazing workouts and not running that much. And he felt like for me to have a big breakthrough, I needed to do the same workouts, but way more tired. Okay. Um, and so I was way more tired, not doing that good of workouts and not having a coach or teammates around. So like, there just wasn't really much to enjoy in the process. Like I think in the past I was okay working out alone and being by myself because I would have really fun, exciting workouts that I was proud of. So that would like give me that boost each week. But I was just doing everything like kind of injured and kind of tired every day. And, um, you know, when you have other people marathon training with you, it's fine. Cause you're all in the same boat. Misery loves company, but I just didn't really have anyone. And I don't know, it sounds like maybe I'm complaining a little bit, but it's just like, we talked about like, I'm going to be 30. And like, if I'm not enjoying it every day, like, why am I like, I'll just move on and get a different job. Like, there's no point, you know, like there's just not really any point totally. for me to do it then. So, you know, if I was 22 and not enjoying it, it's like, well, you have all this like potential still and all these things you want to do. But I've done a lot more in my career than I thought I would ever do, to be honest, like when I started when I was 10. And so if I'm not enjoying it anymore, then I'm not going to do it. And so it just I needed something to change. So and so you're training with Roots now, right? Yeah, I'm training with Roots. And I've and actually I've known Richard Hansen for a really long time, probably um, since the middle of my Oregon days. And yeah, it may, it's funny, like roots may seem like a good decision just based on like they have a lot of good road racers and like they're in town and like all this. But something that was really important to me is like Richie's always been there for me, similar to Dathan, um, not in as I haven't given him the opportunity to be there, like in as impactful of a way like Dathan has been. But he's always believed in me like as a person, like first and an athlete second and just been through a lot of tough like times with him and um, he's always been very kind and always very thoughtful when, you know, 
he didn't have to be. Um, so that was really important to me. Like I knew I could lean on him and I knew we could do this together. Um, and then the other parts is like, yeah, roots running is doing amazing things. Like at Houston, Houston marathon, they went four for four, um, with their athletes. And I just can't even explain how hard that is to do with three marathon debuts and then someone running an amazing half marathon, Sydney get a day. So, but I've run so many marathons and I've only got one, right. So for him to have three guys and Maggie Montoya hit it out of the park, um, it's really exciting for roots running right now. Yeah, it is really exciting. I actually am supposed to interview Richie and it's March 15th and I had my computer set up ready to go yesterday at 10 o'clock and I was like, oh, this is for March 15th. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to interview him after talking with you since you're new to working with him now. Yeah. And I'll have done my first race under him too. Oh, nice. Um, so good or bad, it'll be, <laughs> I'll have start, lots of questions. It'll be the start of something. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I think he's having a lot of people running at sound running too. So you'll have tons of stuff to talk to him about. That's fun. Um, yeah. So you mentioned your marathon that you hit out of the one marathon you hit out of the park, Chicago, 2019, um, two ten fifty three. What was the secret sauce for that race? Do you think? Yeah. Um, I was super confident for one and I was super fired up. Like I had just like speaking candidly, I had an opportunity to make a lot of money if I broke two eleven. So I was really, really motivated at the time and really, um, really fired up. And I came off that American record in the 15, 25 K. And I mean, I went through in 62 flat by myself. So I know it's much different than a marathon, but like, to come through in 62 flat by yourself and keep going felt incredible. Like to know, like you only had to, you could slow down like over three minutes and just have to do it twice. Um, and I know it doesn't, I know like it's very hard, but it would just gave me a lot of confidence. Um, one thing I felt like was really that I didn't do before Boston that I think was super critical before Chicago, Boston, we focused on these like hard long runs over hilly routes but not much marathon pace in those long runs, just like working hard and being tough. And before Chicago, I did about three runs where I ran um, 12 to 14 miles at like right above six minute pace. So I know that sounds fast to your, to your listeners and stuff, but it's like a easy to moderate pace for me. Like it's definitely not slow, but it's kind of like wearing the legs out. And then I would hop back to my car and change into super shoes in like about three minutes. And then I would run 10 miles at like 507 pace at altitude. And it just made me feel so like mentally tough, mentally strong. So I'm running like 22 to 24 miles, but my last 10 are at marathon pace. And they're like the critical 10, you know, you're like 14 to 24. Um, So the overall average of these runs was solid, but it was more like how much marathon pace work I was getting on tired legs. So I just felt so like tough from those runs and I didn't do those before Boston. And I think that was um, a little bit of a mistake. So I hope to change that moving forward. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think a lot of people, you know, you mentioned like that might not sound fat or that might sound really fast to the listener. I think a lot of people do like marathon pace runs and they, but they do um, like easy pace and then they hop into marathon pace. But it sounds like what was important to you there was like making that easy pace 
not just easy, but more like a moderate pace to. Yeah, I guess just, yeah, I guess just it'd be easy to do for listeners. I ran a minute slower for 10 to 14 miles than my marathon pace. Okay. And then I ran marathon pace. Super easy. Yeah. Um, but like, I let those first 10 to 14 come to me. Like, like that's just what happened. But the the goal obviously is like the pressure's on for those like eight to 10 miles you're on a marathon pace. I just happened to run around six minute pace. But if I ran 615 pace, that's fine too. Like it's just around that area that there's no stress for it. So what's, what do you run when you're like, doing a just easy like what is your I know this is like such a boring question but I'm just curious based on what you just said there what like you got to go run nine miles and it's easy pace what do you do yeah I ran I started off at like 740 today and then barely broke seven minutes today and I did like eight miles yeah so I used to like I've done it all like I literally have done it all I in high school I ran everything so hard Uh like I worked out like three times a week I ran like 545 pace on every training run Um, (laughs) and then I would like, I would do that. And then at Oregon, I would go back and forth. I would run easy. And then I'd be like, no, I'm not getting it done. I got to be tougher. So then I would go back to running like 530 on every training run out the door. So I've done it all, but I just care so much about my health now and so much about like enjoying the workouts and stuff that I just don't care anymore. Like I don't, it doesn't matter to me what I run on my easy days. Um, I know it matters to some people like, you know, Joe Klecker is famous for a lot of reasons, I guess now at this point, like he's so good and, and an Olympian, but what he's really famous for on Strava is, um, Klecker miles and okay. he runs like everything at six minute pace pretty much. So he runs like a hundred to 115 miles a week, everything at six minute pace and then does amazing workouts. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he's a lot better than me, so maybe we should be asking him, maybe I should be emulating him, but, um, that's so interesting. I, that just, I mean, I know, and I know he races at least now shorter distances. Like I know he's more focused yeah. on like 10 K, but like that just seems really fast for like every run. Yeah, it does. I don't know how he does it. It's amazing. Um, he does a lot of little things, right? So I think he helps keep himself really healthy. You know, the other thing that's happened recently, which has been really interesting is roots running. Um, their warmups and cooldowns are like painfully slow, like okay. unbelievable. Like, I feel like I'm going to get hurt because my ground contact time <laughs> is like so ridiculous. Um, but it's funny. I go and I feel great in the workouts. So, I mean, a warm up is a warm up, a cool down is a cool down. Like it sh- there shouldn't really be this emphasis on pace. Like just do what the goal of it is. And if, if it helps, if running barely under eight minute pace for three miles for your warm up gets the job done, then maybe that's good enough. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but that's something I've been noticing late. It's like what I've been dealing with right now is like, I'm just like, wow, we went run really slow. <laughs> so. Oh, and I'm sure it changes too, right? Like you've mentioned that you're about to be 30 a few times. It's like, um, it, ch- it ch- changes as you get older, like your recovery pace and your easy pace might just change. Yeah, no, it does. Um, and 30 is very young, more- by the way. Yeah. 30 is very young. Exactly. I have my whole, my whole life ahead of me. Um, but, uh, I think, yeah, I definitely need, I can do really good workouts and probably even better workouts than I've done before, but I definitely need the extra recovery days in there. Yeah. I I would. And yeah, I would say, um, that's a big thing I've noticed from being older. So, 
I don't know when it happened. I don't know when. It, I think also I had like knee surgery. You've had like stuff, crazy so. injury. Yeah. Issues. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just like, I've just been running a long time, but I didn't feel this way when I was 27. I felt pretty good. So, but I don't know. These last two years have been really tough on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For listeners. I mean, you have had like your time with your injuries. I mean, you had to go eight, eight months without running, which I mean, for the everyday runner, like that is a long time. People freak out when they can't run for six freaking weeks. Yeah, it was, and it was peak COVID too. So like, yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. I didn't even know if I was gonna be able to get surgery because it wasn't considered like a, um, sure. whatever thing, like a, um, like, like a, I don't know what it was called. <laughs> I know what word you're thinking you know, but of. It was, like, it was basically it. like the only people that like, could get knee surgery were like people that like tore their ACL, like on the mountain that day or right. something basically. Um, but I think because I'm a professional athlete, they found you find a way to be like, this is a really necessary, like surgery. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I couldn't run for eight months during COVID. That was really tough. I dealt with a lot of like mental health issues for sure. Um, and yeah, it, it was just crazy. I, I don't. I feel very fortunate to be happy and excited and and looking forward to racing again. Um, it's been a long. I mean, I even got really hurt in my Boston buildup and I actually, I'm doing really well now, but I basically couldn't run much for three months since Boston. So from Boston to like, um, I don't know, probably like late December, I wasn't really taking things what very seriously. Um, I, I somehow like tore the seam or strained or tore whatever, tore sounds so dramatic, but it, it was, I did a number on it the TFL and your glute max, okay. the seam, like, so like the fascia slash muscle of that area. And I was very fortunate. I was able to run about 50 miles a week and doing like a few faster workouts on it actually felt better than, um, easy running. But yeah, I ran about 40 to 50 miles a week for like three months. It was actually kind of awesome. Oh, I um, bet. That's like such a sweet yeah. spot. It's like, yeah, I you get to, to do Mexico. what you love. Yeah. I went to Mexico, went to Florida and like, <laughs> just, I don't know. I went to Austin, Texas a few times, I think. So it was good. Yeah, that's kind of nice. You got to do what you love, get to get some workouts in, but not be like totally exhausted from running 100 miles a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, something that's really interesting, and I hope this comes off the right way, but I think we as professional athletes or anyone that's been doing something for a long time, you're so hard on yourself. You always think, I got to do more, I got to do more, I got to do more. But you forget like the reason why you like, did this in the first place or like caught the bug was because you had some talent at it. And so it's been a really interesting, I think we like shoot ourselves in the foot a lot with our talent. And what's been really interesting, I may regret this because like I have to race soon, but (laughs) I was only running 50 miles a week for a bit and I came back and started getting serious and my workouts have gone great. And it just reminds me of like, well, maybe like you get in the way Mm. of like yourself sometimes and that we are like a lot more talented than we realize. And just like, you do have to work hard, but maybe it's just like running so ridiculous. Like every other sport, you don't work hard 12 months out of the year. Um, you take breaks, you do spring camp, you, you rebuild with lifting programs and cross training. And then you get really serious for like, I don't know, however long the football and baseball season are, but it's so absurd that like how, like, I was a collegiate athlete and like, I have to run cross country, indoor track and outdoor track. That's just insane. Um, and so I think it's been really great that I got that break after Boston and I'm hoping that I can take that forward and have a really good race 
um, at the 15k champs. I'm in good shape, but I don't have a huge body of work. So that may like bite me in the butt. Like, here's what I would say. If it bites me in the butt, I'll be there at like seven miles. And I just don't have like the last like few miles because like I haven't trained enough, but I am like in good fitness enough to like go and, and try. So Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. Are you getting your multivitamins and supplements from Prevenex yet? I have been preaching about them for almost two years now. I love that their vitamins are clean, they're effective, they're clinically proven to work. And if you don't see results, you can have your money back guaranteed. They have a great children's vitamin and also the supplement that most runners are most interested in is the Joint Health Plus. The Joint Health Plus delivers ingredients that are clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. I have seen dozens upon dozens of people see results. It protects your joint, gives you comfort and flexibility. If you don't see results, you get your money back. Check it out. It's the Joint Health Plus supplement. And then lastly, I just want to share, they have a new immunity supplement that's just come out. They have been working for years on this formula. It's an innovative everyday immune health support, clinically formulated to enhance your immune system's ability to adapt and react to your unique immune system needs. I've been taking it every day. I believe in it. I watched a 20-minute webinar about it, so I am educated on this stuff. The Immune Health contains organic antioxidant and beta-glucan rich mataki, shiitake, and reishi mushrooms that help prime immune cells for optimal immune response. It also has elderberry fruit, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, calcium, full of all the good stuff. So if you have not used my Prevenex code, another, that's the code for 15% off. If you have not used that, Use that for 15% off any of the Prevenex products. Go to Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off. If you've used that already and you still want to try out this Immune Health Plus, use the code IMMUNITY15 for 15% off your order. And that's for a limited time. IMMUNITY15 for 15% off the Immune Health. Uh, If you want to check out their protein powder, any of their other products, you can use the code ANOTHER, Prevenex.com, code ANOTHER. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Parker. Yeah, are you like, have you changed your racing strategy at all? I know that you're known for being an aggressive racer. Um, for these races, I won't be that aggressive. It's too, it, it's too fast for me. It's mm. too hard for me already. But like, yeah, in a marathon or half marathon, I feel really comfortable at that distance, making moves, um, farlic stuff and, and, and being aggressive, I do feel really comfortable. And it's funny, a 15 K is pretty close, um, to a half marathon, mm-hmm. but even like my roommate, Morgan Pearson, um, is an Olympian in, uh, the triathlon and he's just a beast, but he doesn't run a ton. He d- can't run that much. And so he's so aerobically strong. And what happened to him at us half champs is he looked like amazing through nine or 10 miles. Like, like he could win the race. He was up front, looked incredible. And then his wheels, his legs just totally fell off the last three miles um, because he just isn't yet able to quite run enough for that distance. And so that's an example, though. Like you think 15K and half marathon is like really close, but like like 15K for Morgan Pearson is going to be like a really sweet spot. And you hear, heard it here first. Like I think he might surprise a lot of people in that race because um, I think it's just long enough that he can do a lot of damage. 
but not long enough that like his legs are going to like the wheels will fall off. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun race with he'll be there. And um, I think a lot of like faces maybe that aren't usually up there. will get to surprise some people because a lot of people are running that sound Mm. 10k race Mm -hmm. so we might get to see some different faces at the front which will be nice it'll be fun is the sound race the same weekend as gate river exactly yeah Yeah, exactly so a lot of people who are in crazy shape right now i think are going to go run the 10k and try to hit those like standards Mm -hmm. um because i think it's like the usa 10k is even earlier this year than it normally is so this is probably like one of your only shots um so i have a hard time like somebody rationalizing going running the 15k if you have a chance to run the 10k standard but you never know yeah it's also cool to win a u.s title so right like i would do that i would do that over running a time at this point in my career i would be like whatever like i don't care about pring by like 10 seconds i'd rather like try to win something yeah so um yeah and just so everybody knows this will air after those races so uh go look up and see what parker did at the gate river (laughs) go see how this panned out for him oh wow yeah the pressure's really on um but you said you want to you want to go for wins but like or like titles or whatever but uh tell me about your thoughts on marathons and times and also racing them and you know i know it's like so different if you're at a major you're not really running for time so much unless I guess you're running Chicago or maybe Berlin, you're running for places. So where's your head with that when deciding what you want to run? Yeah, it's changed in the last few months. Um, So I've decided, I mean, I know you're not announcing your marathon, but just like, yeah, in general, your thoughts. No, no, I definitely have some thoughts on this for sure. Um, So don't get me wrong. I would like to run a little bit faster than 210.53. That's, we will talk about that later probably. Um, I do think I'm capable of a little bit faster and I would like to like end my career with a little bit better PR. But as far as a big goal of making the Olympics, I don't think I really need to run much faster. Mm-hmm. I think I need to learn how to win races and compete really well over 26.2 miles. So I'm shifting to like, well, what motivates me and trying to make the marathon us team motive. I mean, actually, you know, who's a really great example of this is Molly Seidel. Mm. She obviously hasn't run a time that she's capable of yet. I mean, she's a bronze medalist and ran amazing in New York and on paper, her time isn't anything crazy. Um, so that's like what I'm looking to do moving forward a little bit is like, I would love to run faster, but that's not my priority. I've run fast enough in my opinion to feel good about myself and feel like I can make a team but the pieces that are missing are like finding a way to win over the final miles of a marathon or not even win, just like beat people, you know, whatever it is. So I want to take a step back and I love the world marathon majors. And I think they're an amazing experience and it's like, it's, there's nothing like it, but I want to, I don't want want my pride to get in the way of progress. Mm. And everyone's like, Oh, run these world marathon majors, run these world marathon majors. And I think I really need to take a step back and make some progress in my marathon running. And because of that, I want to run in marathons that I feel like I can be competitive in. And um, when you're in Boston and you're at mile 15 or 16 and you start to hurt and there's 20 guys in front of you, it's kind of hard as a like elite athlete to really be that motivated to do well. Um, and, you know, Jake Robertson's a good friend of mine, um, New Zealander. And we hung out after the race, uh, went to a Red Sox game. And 
he was just telling me, you know, how it's like how you run fast is be competitive. Mm -hmm. And so not, you don't always get the opportunity if like, it's not the right day and not the right people. But when you do something special, it's because your adrenaline's pumping and you're excited about what you're doing. And I think being in a marathon where I could be top three and mixing it up for the win is something that I really want to do like in this later part of my career. Um, so yeah, it's changed a bunch. I, so I won't be running a world marathon major probably until, um, I take some steps forward in some smaller marathons. That is really brilliant. I think that that's like so, so smart because you're right. When you are competing at the Olympic trials for the marathon, you're not competing with people from all these other countries. You're competing with your fellow Americans. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it's a different race. It's a totally, obviously it's the best of the best in our country, but like, it's just not the same. So I think that that's really smart. Yeah. Like I, lo I love time and I love running fast, but like, here's the deal. Like there's two reasons to run fast, um, to get a big contract and hit bonuses and you have to run the standard to make the Olympics. That's like what it only comes down to. And right now two ten fifty three is fast enough. So I don't know what the standard will be and when I, when it comes out, I'll make sure to run that time because that's what I need to do to, you know, even talk about making an Olympic team. Um, you have to hit the standard and I, and yeah, I'm supported by Saucony and a few other companies and like time isn't a huge deal to me anymore um, because I hit some marks that, that changed my career for me. So it doesn't really matter anymore. It, it, it just matters about competing and having good races. And then, you know, I'll just get to this because it's one of your questions, but the two things that motivate me right now is like, I want to become an Olympian. That's one thing I haven't done. And you know, it was just kind of a dream of mine for a long time. I never really like would say it was a goal, but once I ran, um, 210 and got third in Chicago against tons of Americans, I mean, there was like 12 Americans there with three miles to go. So that was a great example of not only running fast, but I was the third American. Um, and I even put the pressure on myself. I was like, look, you're already going to run fast. If you want to make the Olympic team, you have to find a way to get top three in this race. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and that's why I'm so proud of that. And so I want to become, that changed me to feeling like the, being an Olympian is a goal of mine. And then the other little goal that I have is I'd love to run 208.58 because the fastest um, marathoner in Saucony shoes ever is Rod Dixon at 208.59. Um, and he didn't have super shoes and he did it at New York and all this, all this stuff. But it would be really cool to get a, a headline like that and um, really like endorse the new Saucony shoes with being the fastest marathoner ever for them. So that's really cool. Yeah, that that's a really cool um, goal. I think I've heard you say that before. Uh, talk to us about Saucony and your partnership with them. Yeah, um, they, they're amazing. Uh, they're just like such a family, like feeling company. And like, I, I signed with them three days after University of Oregon. Um, I think I could have probably signed sooner, but I had like two huge finals going on, like essays I had to write. So I wasn't really talking to anybody. And then once, once we got on the phone with some people, it, it happened pretty fast. So they believed in me right out of the gates. And then like, I ran really well for like a year under them in my first contract. And, uh, I got Achilles surgery and I couldn't run for six months during that time. Um, and that was really difficult because I was in Eugene, Oregon at the time. Um, and all there was to track down USA. So all I was there was an athlete and a former duck and now I can't run anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was incredibly difficult and really like identity crisis. And that's when I moved to Boulder because I just felt like 
there wasn't enough going on in Eugene for me anymore. And I felt really lost and sad without running. Um, and running came back to me and I did okay in my first contract, but it had been a while, um, since I had done anything like too spectacular and probably like to the point of like, I didn't probably deserve much of a second contract. Um, Saucony once again, believed in me. They never reduced me with my Achilles surgery. They gave me a second contract for three years and they put in, it was a tough contract, but they put in some things in there that that allowed me to bet on myself and really change my career, um, which was super cool and super exciting. And that's why, you know, a lot of people always like wondered, like, why does this guy blow up in marathons? Why does he always blow up and, and whatever? And it was basically the deal was maybe I wasn't into sub two eleven shape, but I could change my life if I broke two eleven. And if I didn't break two eleven, nothing really changed. So it was kind of like if I'm going to run a marathon, like I'm going to go for it. Um, where maybe I was probably in two twelve shape and probably should have run more conservatively, but there was just like nothing to really gain for me by doing that. Um, so that was my second contract. So they've just always believed in me. And then, um, I also broke the American record in my second contract. And that was really special because some of the people that had been there and given me my second contract were the same people that believed in me during my Achilles surgery. Um, and so to go into Saucony HQ and have the president of Saucony and then the vice president of Wolverine who owns Saucony be there, they made a cake for me and like they asked me to do a speech and the whole company was there. That's something I'll never forget. And something that like didn't need to be done, you know, like that was above and beyond. And then, yeah, fast forward to this next contract, they signed me to a four-year contract. And I, before that contract, I had knee surgery and hadn't run for eight months and dropped out of the Olympic trials. Well, not even dropped out. I didn't start the Olympic trials and they gave me a four-year contract. So yeah, I don't know. They just, I love them. They love me. It's been a really amazing partnership. And um, I just always want to make them proud. Like I, I sometimes feel like undeserving of it, but I, I try to do the best I can with it. Well, I think it's really cool that they've stuck by you like through these injuries. I mean, your injuries are not going to be what define your career and they actually make you like a little more human and a little more relatable, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, but it's super cool. Like I'll, I will never run for anybody else. Like mm. it'll just be, I'll just be done. Um, and I will have run for Saucony if I finish this contract out for 10 years wow, that's and, cool. um, and run for no one else. Um, I don't want to run for anybody else. Like I, I, um, yeah, I just, want to start and finish my career in the same spot. And I think I'll have the, I'll probably be able to do that, which is really, really cool. How did you, um, get yourself out of the mental health issues that you were dealing with during COVID and when you had the injury, like what were some things that you did to get help? Yeah. Um, we actually kind of touched on this a little bit earlier is like, I've never been afraid to ask for help and, to acknowledge that I'm not perfect and to acknowledge that like I'm really struggling and and have issues with my, so well, I'll, I'll preface it with, I've never had problems doing that with running, but when you're, when it's your real life and who you are, it's probably a little bit more difficult, but I was able to take the lessons I've learned from running and apply them to my life. And honestly, I started seeing multiple therapists and during, after about maybe a month or two of like therapy with somebody there's a few red flags that popped up and I've never shared this with anyone actually. So this is interesting. Um, a few red flags that popped up and they sent me to, I believe it would be a psychiatrist. That's like who can prescribe like 
drugs or something, mm-hmm. I guess. So difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist. So they sent me to a psychiatrist and in the first, immediately the first session, like right then and there, um, she diagnosed me as being bipolar and immediately put me on medication. Um, and so that was pretty shocking and that was really upsetting to me. Um, I don't know why. I think it just felt like when I look back at my life, I kind of felt like something was always a bit off with me, but I thought it was just what made me special at running. Like I was just so intense and I thought that was just me being kind of a good athlete. But when I see how it like trans transcended into my life and like in other ways, I really think I did have a problem and I just really sad. It took me till like I was 27 years old to like figure that out. So, um, yeah, I, I still see her. I still am in therapy. Um, it's taken about a year and a half to get on the right drugs. It's been really difficult. Um, there's been a lot of like swing and misses and a lot of failures of like finding out what works. A lot of them made me, um, they kept me from being sad, Mm. but they also made me like so out of it and so numb. Like I would be hanging out with friends and I would want to contribute to a conversation. And I like, couldn't like my brain wasn't processing fast enough. And like, I couldn't contribute and I would just sit there. Um, and so I got off that drug because that's not who I am and who I want to be. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We can ask more questions about this. I don't want to like, just keep going on and on, but basically I guess to answer your question is I have a lot of support with therapy and, uh, prescription medication now. So, no, I think it's really important to talk about it. I really do. And, um, also important to talk about the fact that you found something that works. Do you feel like the medicine is, is work? It's a good fit for you now? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm on like a mood stabilizer and an antidepressant, which has been really helpful. Um, and then it's just hard to know, you know, like it's so it's like, I don't know if this phrase works correctly, but it's like chicken or the egg. So like, obviously mm-hmm. I'm doing really, really well now, but like, is that because I found the right drugs or is it because I'm like now part of roots and I'm excited about what it's just like, what is what, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm doing really well now and I'm really grateful. So, I mean, it's definitely the drugs aren't not, not working, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause I would definitely notice that. Um, that's what they say about these kind of things. You're like, Oh, I'm feeling good. Like I don't need them anymore. And people like get off them and they're like, Oh shit. So, um, yeah, I do. I do. It's taken a long time, but right now I feel really supported and I'm sure that it will change. You know, I'm sure that's why I have to keep seeing these people. Um, because you never know when something's going to stop working or when you just go through, I, there's been once or twice things were working for me, but I went through like a really rough patch in my life and I needed a lot more support than I was getting from like the baseline stuff. And it was really great to be able to just like contact my, my um, psychiatrist and therapist and go ahead and like get, get that role and get the support needed when you're having a really bad day. So, you know, I feel like two reasons people get hesitant and I'm, there's more reasons than this, but pop into my mind, hesitant to see a therapist and hesitant to take medicine is because of the trial and error piece, right? Like finding a therapist that's a good fit is also trial and error. So it's like I have to date my therapist and figure out if this is going to work. And then going through the, does this medicine work? Will it make me feel sick? Will it make me feel tired? And all these things. And I just feel like that becomes a barrier. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I said, I think the practice that I've had with running and reaching out to sports psychologists and 
being really hard on myself. You know, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to have flaws, but it's not okay to like not try to be better and, and learn from those things. And so, um, yeah, I just was in a really tough patch in my life and like, I was really struggling and like, I just like, I didn't want to, I never wanted to like make the same mistakes and never be like that person again, you know? And like, I wanted to just be better. And so I, I sought out a lot of help. I'm really grateful that I had the time to invest Mm. in these things by there not being too many races and too much pressure to perform as an athlete because I needed to, I needed to focus on, it was like another injury. Yeah. It really was like, I needed to spend the time and effort into figuring it out. And, um, I mean, I couldn't even like, I mean, I couldn't get out of bed like a lot of days, like more or less run, you know? So it was kind of easy to, for time to pass when I had the knee surgery because like I couldn't really run anyways, like mentally. So, well, I'm so happy that you got the help yeah. and that you're doing well. I mean, I think that, I think it's so important to talk about it and I'm, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I'm doing really well now. Um, like I said, it's always a work in progress. So, um, that's why I still see everybody and, um, spend all my money on it. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't cheap. That's for sure. No, it's not. <laughs> there's a, there's a barrier I didn't mention right there. That's a huge barrier. Yeah. You know what? That is something we should say though, because it's like, why doesn't everyone get help? Get help. It's so expensive. So and so expensive. that's not fair. That's not fair to like put that on people because I don't think insurance covers much of that stuff either. So it's not fair to like criticize people for not getting help. Cause it is really hard to do it for, for so many reasons. And one of them is sadly financially. So. Hey everybody. One last break here to thank Lily Trotters for supporting this episode of the podcast. Lily Trotters has the best compression socks on the market. Their new elite sport compression are so comfortable They have added reinforcement in the shin panel, enhanced Achilles support, padded reinforced Y-toe, which reduces friction and rubbing. They're moisture wicking and antimicrobial. I love the Elite Sport. But what you will see me mostly in when I'm out running is the crew socks. I love their crew socks. Not only are they super cute, they just give me what I need. I wear them with my shorts, I wore them in the recent half marathon, the Wilmington half marathon that I ran. Uh, The ones I'm loving are the Four Kisses Blue Ombre Crew. And uh, you all can support this woman-owned small business when you go to lilytrotters.com and use the code IHA. That's IHA. Get it? I'll have another. For 20% off your order. So lilytrotters.com, code IHA for 20% off your order. Thank you so much for supporting sponsors of this podcast. That's what keeps this whole thing going. You listening and the sponsors supporting. So thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Parker Stenson. Um, Okay, so tell us about roots and like training with Noah and what do your, like, what does training look like for you now? I know you've said in the past that you run on the treadmill sometimes. Yeah. I run on the treadmill a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I just like it for some reason. I, I like, like it too. To music. Yeah. I like listening to music and, and stuff. Um, I would say running super easy on the treadmill. is kind of brutal. Yeah. I'm more like into like, 
doing something like when you're doing something exciting and my, my roommate Morgan has this really fancy, um, nice, like 500 pound woodway treadmill, 495 pound woodway treadmill. The woodways (laughs) are the best. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And then, yeah. So training with roots has been amazing. It's just like right now it's been really hard in the winter because I just heard on the news last night, it snowed every week for the last seven weeks, which is unlike Boulder, you know, I would take it snowing like two or three days in a row and then like the sun doing its thing for two weeks. But it's been like every time that Boulder has melted the snow, it's almost melted again, or it's almost snowed again. So it's been really difficult. But what's been great training with roots is like, I'll get up at, we'll have practice at 7.30 in the morning in the dead of winter and there's ice everywhere. And like, we all find a way to get it done somehow. And those are just like moments where like, if I was by myself, I'd be like, dude, like no one's working out right now. This is stupid. Like it doesn't make sense. And there I am thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is stupid. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> but then like eight other people are doing it. So you just like go with it. And and it's been great. So I feel really supported by them too. And Richie, um, Richard Hansen is, is a very busy man um, and spends tons and tons of time with us. Um, it's pretty, I don't know how he does it. So yeah, because he um, has really his own like that. chiropractic practice as well. Well, it's even more crazy. You should talk to him about this. I mean, I, I think he'd be okay talking about it. I don't want to, I don't know. But I think he's kind of like dialed that back quite a bit. And he's going, I don't want to, I could be wrong. I'm probably saying things wrong, but he's going back to school for his MBA. I think he shared um, that on social media. Yeah. And uh, so he's like a full-time student right now. And that's no joke. This. The MBA thing is no, no joke. No. So it's, it's honestly way harder than him working as a chiropractor. I would, it seems like to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 7 30 AM that is early going for like a bunch of pro runners. Is that because people have in the group have regular jobs too? Yeah. A lot of people have regular jobs. Um, they're pretty blue collar vibes, I would say. Um, but also another reason is like Richie has school, Yeah, I think. So like we have to get it done. Um, and I don't mind 7.30 a.m. I don't mind like getting up in the morning. I don't care. But in the winter, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Because especially in Boulder, in Boulder by like 9 or 10, all that ice can be gone uh, on some of those days. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like kind of crazy. Like, what are we doing um, out here? Yeah. But like I said, if everyone else is going to work out and make it work, then who am I, who am I to dash your dreams to work out so now are you doing your second if you do a, if you have a two day workout run do you do your second one by yourself yeah yeah for sure and I don't usually meet, meet up with too many people or definitely not people from the team for like easy running because back like we talked about um I just like to run really easy and recover so like I'll, I'll run with like Morgan like Reed Fisher sometimes, um, Charlie Lawrence. Oh, I run with Sid Vaughn all the time. Oh, okay. Um, and he is on the team. Yeah, I run with him all the time. But I'm like very particular about who I run with on my, <laughs> my recovery days. Wait, so. so Sid Vaughn, I don't think I realized. I knew I knew he left in AZ, but I, did, I didn't realize he joined Roots. Yeah, he joined Roots. He's, he's really talented. Um, he keeps having a lot of setbacks, unfortunately, just like life and, and health and, and everything. But um, on the days that he's feeling good, he shows that like he can be a really good runner. So I hope, I hope he can get a few months of just like the poor guy, just like uninterrupted normal training. And I think he can um, turn some heads like he was a few years ago. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so we're not announcing our spring marathon, but spring marathon is happening. Yeah, definitely happening. Um, 
I may try to do a lot of marathons, honestly. Like I may try, I may try to do like at least maybe, I mean, definitely two in the next year, which is unusual for me, but definitely maybe even three. Okay. And why I feel that way is just like the, the, the tr- marathon training under Dathan was so brutal. Like mm-hmm. it just took everything out of me to do that. And so far, I don't feel like the marathon training is going to be that hard under roots. So I feel like I will have more to like, like be more energized to like do more races. Yeah. Like you'll have more to give and well, maybe the recovery won't be as intense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's something that you learn from Dathan? I know you worked with him for several years and he's iconic in the sport um, he's doing great things with, with his group, but like, what's yeah. something you learn from Dathan that you will always take with you with your training and racing? Yeah. I mean, it's probably part of the reason why I needed to leave mm. him too, was like, I think what I would take with him is like being happy and, and excited is like one of the most important things you can have. It doesn't matter like how talented you are, or how fit you are. Like if you're not excited and happy about what you're doing, then it's going to show Cause I remember this is kind of cool. I remember we talked right after Boston and we were just like going up literally like right after Boston, like I'm in the hotel room. He's like, it wasn't like, it was a good conversation. It wasn't like anything like as you would expect after someone runs 221, it was good. <laughs> but we were just talking like, like what could we have done different? Like what went wrong and like blah, blah, blah. And we were nitpicking like all these things, all these things. And after about a 30 minute conversation, I just said, you know, like moving forward, I, I, I don't know what like to do. Like, I've just been so unhappy. And he was like, well, then everything we just talked about, like, doesn't matter. Like all the nitpicking things we talked about, all the things we want to change, like none of those things matter. Like if you're unhappy. Mm. And so I'll definitely take that with me. Um, what a wise I, thing for him to say to you though, like in that moment. Yeah, no, for sure. And like when we parted ways, um, you know, when we talked, it was like, we both still really wanted to work with each other, but it became like selfish. Mm. Like he couldn't give me what I needed and I wasn't happy. And I probably couldn't, I couldn't give him what he needed. Like, like in a lot of ways probably too. And so we just, in spite of that, we still, we love each other so much. We wanted to keep working together, but it hit him. Like he's the one who brought it up and just said, it would be selfish of us to like, keep trying this. And it's not fair to you. It wasn't fair to either of us really by, by the end. Um, it's not, it wasn't just me. So yeah. Um, and another thing I take with him is just like, um, well, two things I would take, like being fast is very important. Like having speed and power is really important, even in the marathon, um, which a lot of people don't think about. Um, but if you can run 420 pace easier, then it makes running right under five easier. Like it just adds up. Um, and so I really like that. And then something he always says is like, that I like is he says, never bet against the big talent. And he was always talking about like, he's, he used that to talk about a few people, but one person he talked about was um, Bekele and everyone had written him off and he kept running horrible and all these marathons. And it was just like, I mean, kind of washed up, honestly. And then he put himself in a different situation, went to the Netherlands. Like they really monitored like what he was doing and, and he stayed way healthier. He lost a lot of weight because he would get kind of like soft, I guess, in Ethiopia. And he went and almost broke the world record by two seconds. He missed it by two seconds and no one, they probably barely even paid him to show up, you know, like, cause he had run so bad and for so long. And I just remember Dave the next day was just like, yeah, you never bet against somebody like that. Like you have to have respect for people go through stuff, but if you've done enough in your career and, and had some pretty big things, like you should be careful, like saying somebody's 
doesn't have it anymore because they might come back and surprise you when things go their way. So I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. And it just makes me think like he needed he that he needed a change. Yeah, he, he needed a change. He went and changed some things. Then he came back and almost broke the freaking world record. So cool. Yeah. So cool. It's this is the theme of my day today is like from talking to Lee and now talking to you like it's just like it's like that's why I love this podcast. I feel like it like speaks into my own life and hopefully speaks into the life of the listeners a little bit too. Like yeah, if, if something's feeling stale, if something's feeling off, if something's not fulfilling anymore, you're not happy like what change needs to happen? Don't just sit there. Like make the change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like I think when you're younger, you you just like shut up and like do things and like and and trust people and stuff. But as I've gotten older, it's just like you shouldn't and just like the last two years of my life, it's like you can't waste time on mm. people that don't really care about you and you can't waste time on things like that you don't really care about or people you don't really care about. Um, and you just like when you get the older you get, you realize like who really is there for you and who isn't. And um, yeah, it's just like, it's what you're saying. Like you should just spend out, like cut people out of your life and spend time, invest, invest more time in the people that are important to you and the things that are important to you um, is what I would suggest and make you a lot more happy. I think. Um, I can't believe that we are already at 53 minutes. Like what happened? How did that, I know. how did that happen? Um, I have to ask you, okay, tell me about this watch. Like I'm a Coros fan. They sponsor the podcast, oh, yeah. but like, is this like a graphic, like super, like, what is this? Yeah. You can't get this anymore. I don't think it's the Kipchoge one. Okay. It looks super, super cool. cool. Yeah. And I think this is like the breaking two kind of like font. Okay. Um, I think cause it's definitely different than the other, um, stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's, I asked for, I didn't get it when it was available. I asked for it late. Um, and it came in like a box, like all smushed and like destroyed. <laughs> and I think they just like found it in the back warehouse or something for me because like, they're definitely not around anymore. I don't think, unfortunately, but if they sponsor your podcast, they might, they might hook you up. Okay. Okay. I want one of the ones from the, uh, warehouse that's beaten up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it gives it character. But is that the pace? Which one? What watch is that? Like, it's the pace two. Okay, it's the, the pace, pace two. two. Yeah, the pace two um, Kipchoge edition. Okay, tell me about this because I just have the Apex, but the pace two you can actually like program your what you're looking at me like what? It's so light. It's like it feels like. Um, sorry for the noise. My my dog keeps dropping his bone over and over again. It's okay. I'm um, pro dog. My, and I have children in the hallway screaming. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just so light. Like it honestly feels like a watch you get out of like a gumball machine or something. Like it, it's like, you're like, there's no way. Uh-huh. How does this, how does this like do all the things you need it to do? Because like, there's not enough stuff like in it or on it. Um, yeah, you should check it out. It'll probably blow your mind, but uh, yeah, the same crazy battery life. And then, yeah, you can, I program workouts in there all the time. Like fartleks are amazing. So like you're doing like any sort of fartlek, you just program it the night before morning of while you're sipping your coffee. And then like, you don't have to look down at your watch. It just beep for or, like, you. Like split anything. It just starts like five seconds out. It just goes beep, beep, That's awesome. beep, beep for start and finish. So, which is what a fartlek should be, right? Like you shouldn't be looking at the like, pace that obsessing much. Obsessing over rip- like what's, when the time yeah. is going to click over. 
I mean, I definitely do that a little bit more than most people probably, but like you shouldn't be doing that. So, I mean, everybody, everybody gets a little antsy when you're like doing like a, yeah. a two minute really fast interval and you're like, okay, do we have 30 seconds or 20 seconds or 10 seconds? Exactly. Left? What? Give us yeah. a fun fart lick workout. Uh, I don't know if it's fun, but it's hard <laughs> and gets you and it gets you fit. It's Dathan's one. Okay. Um, it's a pyramid. So you go one, one, two, two, three, three, two, two, one, one, two, two, three, three, two, two, one, one. And you can just do that times infinity. Um, and it's pretty hard on the ons and then, and then moderate on the offs, but it's hard to average fast because you're having equal rest and recovery. Yeah. So it's pretty, if you can average fast on that, like you're, you're getting in pretty good shape. And even like Ollie whore, Ollie whore and those guys do that workout too. Like, and they're running the mile, you know? Yeah. They do that. Yeah, the three gets really long. I I copied someone's workout, I don't know, like a year ago or something, and like a like a two thirty marathon or so somebody that's really fast. And um I was like, Oh, this won't be too bad and I'm only doing half of it. Like she went up and down the ladder twice and I just went up and down the ladder once, but it was like thirty seconds, one minute, ninety seconds, two minutes, two and a half minutes. Three minutes. That's crazy. Three minutes and then back on down. And I didn't even double the three minutes. I just went back on down. And I, by the time I got to the end of that, I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's far like are sneaky, sneaky hard for sure. All right. Cool. Well, uh, Parker, tell me what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? So we already touched on this one, um, but I'll just repeat it. Yeah. It's like, I'd love to become an Olympian for the United States in the marathon. And then I'd love to run um, 208.58 so that I could be the fastest person in stocking shoes ever. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but that's kind of it. Listen, I don't know what to do with that question because lately, actually, like, I don't know, probably 60% of the time, I'm like, we just answered that question. So maybe I just throw it out. But I just love, I love. It's good to remind people. Yeah. And I love yeah. finishing the podcast with my little, like, spiel. <laughs> I think too, sometimes I think it's worth doing because sometimes you'll probably get a really cool answer on like mine. You'll get like a very unique like answer, like um, maybe like something personally that someone wants to share. So I think it's worth doing. Okay. Sure. All right. So Parker's voting to keep it in. Yeah. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, It was a while ago, but I love the Wheel of Time series. Like I love like an epic fantasy novel and it's like 14 books. It's so ridiculous. And they actually, Amazon just picked it up and they did the first season of it, um, uh, a show. Oh, so is it all, good? Did you watch awesome. the show? The show's okay. Um, but I think by like season, it was good enough. I think by like season three, it'll like catch fire. Like okay. I think they're going to get like a lot more funding and like the story will make more sense and you'll be more invested. So I'm calling like by season three, it's going to be really good. Okay. Love it. Who's someone fun, motivating, or inspiring that you would like to have coffee, tea, or a cocktail with? Uh, probably Matthew McConaughey. Um, he's from Texas and UT. And like, I lived there for a while and I was born in Austin, Texas. Um, and I don't know. I just like, I like a lot of his movies. Um, I loved his Oscar winning speech. I thought it was so amazing. And then I have not read or listened to it yet. But I've heard his book, Green Lights, is just like unbelievable. And so I just think he's really inspiring, really wise. And um, I, I just feel like you would leave like coffee with him and be like, almost like not know what just happened. Like be like, <laughs> but how about, like, be like, 
I've been living my life so wrong, you know. That's how I feel like he would feel. <laughs> he seems like such, he seems so um, common, just as far as like you wouldn't feel like, oh, I'm talking to this super famous person. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I listened to him on a ton of interviews when he was like doing podcast tours, but when like his book came out, and I want to read his book too. Um, now we'll link the the Oscar speech, friends. We'll link that to the show notes. Oh, cool! It's so good. Uh, all right, last question. What is your last message to leave with our audience today? Um, my last message would just be uh, my grandparents gave me some really good advice one time, and it's super simple, but just always be kind. Um, and I think it sounds really simple, but it's very hard to do. Like, it's very hard to like act that way in your life consistently. But you just never know what people are going through and what's going on. And like, I think when you look back on your life, if you were always kind, like. You're, I mean, what regrets would you have like being nice to people all the time, you know? So, um, I think that was really good advice. And before we go too, I'd love to, um, cause I know this is one of your questions too, but we were running out of time, but a nonprofit we like, I'd like to support, um, Saucony's collaborating with them too. They've actually been collaborating with them for maybe three years or two years, I think. Um, and it's Black Girls Run. And I wrote down, just because I didn't want to mess it up, I wrote down their mission statement. And I just think it's really important and really, um, yeah, it's just kind of surprising, too, when you when you hear some of this stuff. So Black Girls Run wants to encourage African-American women to make fitness and healthy living a priority. According to the Centers for Disease Control, 80% of African-American women are overweight, um, overweight. Black Girl Runs wants to create a movement to lower the percentage and subsequently lower the number of women with chronic diseases associated with an unhealthy diet and sedentary lifestyle. 80%. And I just think, I just think with help, like that number could drop so fast with the right support. So I think it's really cool that Saucony is teaming up with them and, you know, it's, we're only doing as much as we can. It needs a lot more support than we're giving it. But, um, you know, just to share their mission statement, I think is really cool to your listeners. And um, maybe I can make a difference. Um, I need to look and see if there's a Black Girls Run here in Raleigh. We, we recently moved here, but um, there's a really active community in Indianapolis. And I used to do some part-time work at the Run Specialty Store there. And so I got to know the the team, the Black Girls Run team in Indianapolis. Yeah. And like, they're just awesome. Like I, I've met so many friends since then from their group. And that's so cool. Yeah. I actually had Tony Carey right when I started this podcast. She's the founder of the co-founder of Black Girls Run. Um, she doesn't work with them anymore. I think she's like moved on from the organization. But I had her on the podcast like early days, like maybe 2016. Oh, you were in before it was a thing. Awesome. <laughs> but um, but she's so cool. I actually think I'm doing an event this summer that she's going to be on stage and I get to talk with her and interview her some more. So um, I That's love so that cool. you highlighted them. I love what they do. Now I want to look up and see if there's a group here in my new city. Um, so yeah. And you know what? Yeah, you'll make some more, fr- you'll make some more friends. Like I know. Said, it'll be great. Um, question though. Uh, should I keep that question because I've been taking it out because sometimes people I think don't have an answer. And then, so maybe I just need to confirm ahead of time. <laughs> you got to confirm ahead of time. Yeah. Because it definitely like, nobody wants to put on the spot. 
if someone doesn't have something like that, it makes them look feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say exactly feel like an asshole, but I didn't want to say it on your podcast. But yeah, you kind of feel like an asshole if you don't have an answer. Yeah. So, but I think it's really cool, and it helps somebody think critically about what's important to them. So I think you should keep it in, but maybe even like highlight it. Yeah. Make and, like, sure. Put, like, yeah, make sure or like, hey, this is optional. But if you can think of anything, like our listeners love hearing about this kind of thing. So and if you know. don't have an answer, maybe you should evaluate your life. Maybe you are. Yes, asshole. exactly. That's <laughs> not, no, it's it's critical thinking for sure. Um, Parker, this has been super fun. We'll email you when this comes out. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thank you for thinking of me and really appreciate it. Okay, best of luck at Gate River. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Parker, for coming on the show. Go follow Parker underscore Parker underscore Stinson underscore on Instagram. You can also find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626 over there. You can learn about this show, this episode at sandyboyproductions.com. Just click on the All Have Another tab and that'll take you to the most recent episode. You can sign up for our newsletter there where all of our new show notes. So like today, for instance, the show notes that everything we talked about will be sent to the inbox of anybody signed up for that newsletter. And you can sign up for that over on our website. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review because we are drawing a winner every single month. We look at all the new ratings and reviews on iTunes and Spotify, and we pick one winner per month to win a pair of Gooder sunglasses. And I announced the winner on the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, need anything from me, have any suggestions, anything at all, I'm Lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. We just released a new Patreon episode this week with my friend Lauren Flores, who just ran a 115 half marathon. Super excited to hear about that, as well as her new coaching job at Pepperdine. So tune in there, patreon.com slash Hine if you want to check that out. All right, friends, have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday.